0: It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. all right welcome in it is bears nation podcast it is wednesday november 22nd also known as the eve of thanksgiving and we are here to break down a bears game for you once again the bears play on sunday night monday what day is it monday Monday night night. baby my brain is mush right now the Bears play on Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Josh Dobbs and the, I guess you could say, resurgent Minnesota Vikings who are fighting for a playoff spot after everyone thought they were dead. Um, Justin Jefferson will not be playing in this game probably. It's very like weird. I don't, did we get confirmation on that yet?
1: Not yet. We won't have it probably until like game time.
0: Um, But it's very up in the air. It seems like they are leaning towards holding him out until after the buy. He made a statement that my health is more important. Blah blah blah, blah, which makes sense. We talked about this uh, when that injury happened, and we were previewing kind of the season that you know he might elect to. You know he hasn't gotten that contract yet. He's waiting to get paid. So uh, Mm -hmm. unclear if we'll see Justin Jefferson, but uh, I. I still, I was thinking about this game earlier and what my prediction is going to be. And obviously everyone's expecting me to pick that the Vikings will win, but I'm not sure because Josh Dobbs has come in and he's done a really good job for the Vikings. All things considered, you know, relative to what the expectation was when they traded for him. And I mean, the Vikings are, you know, Kevin Lafka's favorite uh, term in the hunt. I mean, I mean, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They're right there. And obviously, we talked about on Monday how the Bears really, it's more beneficial for you to, at this point to lose games. Uh, in my eyes, obviously, you can make the argument for building a winning culture, all that stuff, but uh, I don't know because we talked about on Monday, if this is what Fields is going to be, and now it's another week removed from the injury, and really, including the Lions game that you obviously just lost, this is three straight games to play. <laughs> I can't with the effects, um, including this lions game. And you t- throw out the Vikings game that he originally got hurt in fields has put together three games in a row of really good performances, ranging anywhere from awesome to pretty good last week. Uh, and obviously last week we talked about still coming back from the injury, still looked a little rusty or another. I mean, really you're eight days removed from game action coming off the injury now. So you have the better quarterback the defense is playing better against a quarterback who, yes, while Josh Dobbs has done a good job and he's been impressive again, relative to what the expectation was, you know, a defense that just had three takeaways against Jared Goff and Ben Johnson. Feel like you're going to have a chance here and feel like you're going to have an opportunity to, as long as you aren't at the end of the game, as long as you don't make a mistake at the end of the game, whether that be on Justin Fields end with a turnover or Maddie, you making some boneheaded decision, you're going to be in a chance to win this game. Like you're going to have a real opportunity to win this game. I think
1: it's going to be a good football game, man. This can be a good well, Monday I, night game. that's going to
0: come I out. Well, I don't know well, about, about good. a good game, but <laughs> it, what, it, it, it's a little bit there. That's
1: right. It depends. how you define good. If you find good as a game, that's entertaining till the end, where there's a chance close. that anyone could win like a close game. Right. Cause like, I would rather watch a close game. That's like 14 to 13 down the stretch instead of a game that's 38-3 to with three minutes to go. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather watch a close game as a national viewer of the sport. Um, I think that's the kind of game you're going to get. I don't know if we're going to get a high-scoring game. It's kind of weird because, if I'm being honest, like, you're talking about the Bears having a legit chance in this game. Like, this sort of does feel like if there were ever to be a game like the Commanders game, where the Bears kind of come in and just surprise somebody and score a bunch of points, like the Vikings' defense has gotten better. It's still not good. The Bears could easily score thirty plus on them, and it kind of feels like the Josh Dobbs like lunacy run has to end at some point, right? Like the magic has to. I kind mean, you of could argue a did it did like on uh, Sunday. Yeah, and I think there are people that are arguing that it did on Sunday, but he was still serviceable enough to keep you in the game, right? Like, there wasn't a total collapse, and they are at home, um, but the Commanders were at home on that Thursday night, and the Commanders are worse worst football team than the Vikings, don't get me wrong, but, like, it does feel like a spot where the bears are coming off a game that they could have won against a really good team. They've really progressed over the past couple of, or really over the past month, right on, on defense. And then the last week on offense. And like, maybe this is sort of that, you know, final point where everything comes together. You know, the offense plays well, the defense plays well, and the coaching actually makes uh, a difference in the game. I don't know if that's going to be the case. We'll decide by the end of the show with our predictions, but it does feel like one of those spots. And you kind of remember the Bears on Monday Night Football a year ago. They beat the Patriots in a in a blowout in a really weird spot when everyone thought they had no chance because it was a second-year quarterback against Bill Ball. Checking in the year before, it was like one of Justin Fields' best games of his career that they should have won against a good Steelers team at the time on the road. But Tony Carrente hip checks Cassius Marsh, and they lose the game. So for whatever reason, because they haven't played any other Monday Night games other what
0: than those. A, what a game teams.
1: that was. <laughs> what a game. What a game. I mean, that was a moment in time. Oh my but God. I can't remember any other Monday night games under Justin Fields. I think they've only played one a year, and I think those are the only two. Or did they – they played Minnesota. Wait, they might have played the Vikings one more time on Monday night that first year with Fields. But we remember those two with the Steelers and the Patriots. So uh, whatever narratives you can create about Monday night and, and really about anything but Sunday night, the Bears actually seem to Fields play primetime. Okay feels in prime time he shows out so yeah man i i think i have no idea what to expect from this game but it does feel like one of those moments where okay it's a letdown spot potentially for the vikings uh after a couple of weeks and it's a it's a get right spot for the bears finally to, to to show out so i mean we'll see but it feels like that could be uh what we're looking at here
0: yeah it does and obviously you have to uh <clears throat> excuse me you have to take into account that the Vikings are in the playoff picture. They're in the hunt. They're trying to like so that goes a little bit towards if this ever loads, as I'm trying to pull up the bracket right now. Um shout out to NFL to see it
1: six and five.
0: And So they're like hanging on for dear life. And they know that this is a game that they should win uh, because the Bears aren't a very good football team, even though they've been playing better. So that goes into it a little bit too. But it's just something about the Bears going against the Vikings, like in the recent history, just still feels like the Bears are just they just win these games. Like it just feels like one of those spots where they just win these games. And I say that as the guy who has not been confident in the bears really ever, but especially in the last couple of years. So it's like, they're just going to win. Aren't they? Like, they're just, they're just going to win. And it's going to be really stupid.
1: Uh, I mean, like, again, like that's not the end of the world though. Like, I know I I understand. Like I, you look, the thing is this, when the game is over, and you lose, there's a silver lining, but I don't think you have to approach it as if like it's the end all be all if they lose, right? Like you can still root for a win. Cause like I said, you're locking up a top three pick from Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's a lock. That's a fact. We know that. Sure. Other than that, you're getting a top 10 pick. Whether it's seven or nine or five or seven, like you're getting a top ten pick. And if you really are concerned about potentially missing out and a player, say you get six or something, because mm-hmm. they win this game. And you're missing out on a player between three and five, you actually have enough draft capital in the future to move up if you really wanted to as well. Sure. You know, like, like if you, it's not the end all be all if they win this game. And I'm going to be sitting there rooting for a win because it still helps the field's narrative. And if he plays well and he leads them to a win, that's just even more to put in his resume for him to be, to, to stick around. And we already know that wins can't save Iberflus at this point. I think.
0: I know we've gone back and
1: forth on that. We've gone back and forth on that, but I really think after last week, like wins aren't saving you. Um, So I don't think you have to look at it. Like you have to root for a loss. Jake, come on. It's a holiday weekend. You can root for a win.
0: Well, and here's the thing too, is because the schedule actually kind of works in your favor a little bit because the Titans play the Panthers at home. So you assume that the Titans win that game, which also obviously helps your Carolina packs pick standing as far as number one, overall, so, and the Titans currently have the sixth pick. So, they win. You're all right there if you win because they still stay behind you then. Standings would stay the same. And then the Giants and Patriots play each other. So, Giants Giants are behind you right now. If the Giants win, they're behind you still, even if you win. And the Patriots, they're already ahead of you. So, I'm okay. And, and these games will have happened, obviously, by Monday night, as Monday night is famously the final game of the week. So, <laughs> like... If the if the Titans and Giants win, I think I'm okay. Like rooting, for, <laughs> rooting for a win, like yeah, which is kind absolutely. of crazy to say. The only thing is Washington is going to get dump trucked by Dallas tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday today, and or well, if you're listening to this on Friday yesterday, and, but and you beat Washington, so that's a little bit of an issue. Um, unless maybe there's a Thanksgiving miracle and Washington beats Dallas, um, which I hope not because I laid it with Dallas, but. That's the only like concerning thing, but even then, like regardless, you're probably still in the top five, even with a win, like
1: you're fine. You're currently a four. Fine.
0: You're probably like, so I, I think I'm okay with rooting for a win against the Vikings this week. I would like to have the opportunity to talk shit to my Vikings fans, friends too. So I think I'm in and not to, not to spoil the end of this program, but I think I'm in, I think I'm in on a win this week.
1: Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. Like we talked about it last week, and I'll tell you why it's unfortunate. Because again, you're, you're predicting <laughs> a win, and you day. think you're in on a win. And if that were to be the case, like before we even predicted, if we'll, let's just play the hypothetical game here, if the Bears were to win the game, okay, they would move to four and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously still doesn't put them anywhere near the playoff picture. But say they won this game against Minnesota, and they won the game before against the uh, the Detroit Lions, it would have been five and seven and i already read to you the playoff picture in the nfc but if that were if that were the hypothetical case that the bears beat the lions and then beat the vikings the vikings would be 6 and 6 you'd be right behind them at five and seven in the 8th seed, assuming the Packers lose to the Lions, assuming the the Rams would also have to lose the Cardinals, like other things would have to happen, but you'd be right there with a tiebreaker. Well, you wouldn't. I don't. What's the second tiebreaker after head to head? It's conference wins, or I think it's conference wins.
0: Something like um, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you probably would, would still be like you would probably still lose the tiebreaker to the Vikings, but you'd be right there in the playoff mix if you won this game and you just won the Lions game, and then we obviously will go back. Uh, to week four, and if you win the Broncos game. So it is like, I, well, I, that's what I we said on Monday. Like,
0: we're going to look back at the Lions and the Broncos exactly. game and be like, those were the turning points in your season.
1: Yeah. So that, I mean, I, and what I'm just trying to say is like, I'd be happy for a win, but then I would start to get upset. Like, cause the recognition would come in because and this is what would frustrate you at the end of the year Jake if they end up say they end up winning 6 games sure. right which i still think is honestly like in play with their schedule like it's in play you you, so, you can make yeah, the argument that there's in a point 6 games like when you when you recognize that then you can go all the way back to preseason and we can kind of look at our evaluation of the team at the time and say we weren't wrong like sure. the from what we know about the team on paper they were able to get 6 wins despite Having Tyson Bajan in there for a couple of games, I know he went two and two. Despite the head coach, you know, ruining you for multiple games throughout the year. Despite everything that they went through, like we can kind of feel validated that hey, we know this team had a chance. But validated, but also frustrated that you know the team had the talent to be a playoff team, right? And there was things that held them back. But at that point, like that's the thing we're not talking about. When you talk about rooting for wins and stuff, is there something to be said? about creating momentum going forward and about being an enticing location for a head coach uh, like the top candidates. We know Chicago is going to draw candidates anyway just because it's Chicago Bears and you want to be the head coach of a charter franchise in the NFL. Like that's what – you'd rather be the head coach of Chicago Bears versus the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Houston Texans, right? Like That's just the way it is. But if you are able to approach those meetings in January with Ben Johnson and with Jim Harbaugh and with whoever it may be and say, hey – we're not a three-win team. We were a six-win team who is a couple of weird plays away from being an eight-win team. We have a young nucleus and a lot of guys on contracts. Justin Fields is here, or he's not here. You can draft your quarterback, whatever like that is. You have a lot to present to the coach, uh the, the coaching prospects in the offseason. So there's a silver lining there to winning games and building momentum going into 2024.
0: Yeah, I think ideal I'd like. If you lose games the way you did last week where, like, you get takeaways and fields plays well, I think you're still able to sell that a little bit because, like, think of it this way. If you're a coaching head coaching candidate, you're not just going in blind and not knowing anything about these teams. Like, you're not looking at record and making your snap judgment based on record alone. Like, you're you're studying the team, at least to some extent, and get, you know getting familiar with what's there in the event that you are offered the job or take the job or whatever you want to say. You know what I mean? You muted yourself, Kev.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I have a question for you about just kind of like walking in blind with the head coach and stuff. So, cause I really thought we didn't mention it last week. And, uh, well, we mentioned the fact that Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren were there like here, this is your great chance to see what the best head coaching candidate in the league can do against your team, and, and Ben Johnson. And look sure. what he did. He came back down twelve. He took advantage of your soft coverage defense. Yeah, 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 But I was also thinking about well, Ben Johnson also had a front row seat look at Justin Fields. Sure. So the question I have is this: is like, how do you and think, will
0: again later in the and season, will in again a one years, more time
1: weeks? Yeah, uh, in a couple weeks exactly. I, uh, the quarterback situation in the offseason. Will the head coach be able to be involved in that decision? Or would that be like a foregone conclusion before that guy is hired? Like, I I don't know, and I don't think it should be. Like, do you think they hire whoever it is and that let that guy make the decision, or do they kind of make the decision on the quarterback and then go into the process knowing that you either hire a coach who's going to develop Justin Fields or hiring a coach who's going to draft a new quarterback? I feel like that's malpractice. I feel like it should be a coach that you hire first. And then he makes the decision.
0: If I had to guess, it'll go like this: they'll interview guys. So let's just say, like Johnson, Harbaugh, uh, pick a third person, mystery third person, just to round it out.
1: Bobby Slowick had uh, offensive coordinator of the Texans.
0: Sure. Let's just say it's those guys, and I would say, and, and Scotts makes a good point: in the chant, the playoff, the playoffs having an impact here because the Lions are in the playoffs. That kind of that puts fences around how often you can talk to him and when you can talk to him. Harbaugh, like, assuming that he leaves, which I think everybody is assuming, you should have a clear runway for that. Slovak, too, like, he might be in the playoffs. So that'll, like, affect things, too. But let's just say it's across the board. You get to just interview these guys. Blah, 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 blah. Let's not even get into that in semantics because it's just going to make my brain hurt. I would assume that they enter those meetings being, like what would you do? Would you rather keep like, what's your opinion, Justin Fields? Okay. Would you rather roll with him for another year? Do you think you can make this work? Or would you want to start fresh? Would you want to go to Caleb Williams? Would you want to go to Drake may? Would you want to go to XYZ? I think that's how that would go. And based like, I think it would just be part of the interview process. And I don't think it would be the end all be all. I think like, let's say Ben Johnson says, yeah, I think I can make this work, work with fields. And they say, "Oh well, we've already decided we're going to move on." So Johnson's out now, and Harbaugh that's says, "Ridiculous, though, right? but that's what that's what I mean." So I don't think it's going to be that. I think they're going to okay. let the okay. the person being interviewed sell them. Ideally, like this is, I should say, I should ideally this is how this goes because this is how a well run, efficient organization should operate in this scenario. Let the candidate sell you on what they think they can do. Let Ben Johnson sell you on his vision of Justin Fields. Let Jim Harbaugh sell you on his vision of Caleb Williams or you know what I mean? Like and it doesn't have to be one to like it could be vice versa too. Let the candidate sell you on what how strongly they feel about what they can accomplish and then go from there and then take into account what else they say and how what other questions they answer, then make that decision. So I guess long way of answering that yes, the head coach should decide, but also like you should establish that before you hire them because it should be part of the interview process. Hey, we're at this crossroads with the quarterback position. What would you do? What or mm-hmm. what would you want to do if you had this job? What? So I think that's part of it. I'm not by. I'm not partial either way. Like just just do your due diligence. That's all I'm asking. Like sit in that interview, and if you get sold one way or the other, if Ben Johnson sells you on the idea of Justin Fields for another year, great. But just don't don't do it without the head coach on board or in and place. You know what of, I mean. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't don't do what you've been doing where the head coach is already in place or the quarterback's already in place. Well, I guess if the head coach is already in place, it's not that big of a big deal. But like you know what I mean. Like don't don't Matt Nagy it. Where all right, here's your guy, and uh, you know, and obviously we all know that Matt Nagy was like, and i Mitch Trubisky, and we all know how that went. Blah, 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 blah. So that's what I mean. Just yeah. just do your due diligence go about it the right way. And you know, it's going to be part of that. You're going to be at a crossroads. That's just where you're going to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you hopefully you're not at a crossroads and hopefully it's clear well, that you should just stick with Justin Fields, but the, the, I, that I, think that, Kevin, I think that,
0: right. I think that just because of where you're going to be at in the yeah. draft and because of fields is, you know, yeah. upcoming contract situation. I think it regardless, no matter how well he plays or how poorly he plays, I think it's going to be part of the process.
1: Yeah. I just hope they, the fear I have is they kind of approach the off season. Like, with a predetermined decision, sure. and most likely that would be that they're already moving on. So then, sure. like, are you filtering out coaches that would want to work with Fields? Are you, fil- you know, like, like that is what scares me? Like, do they already like rule out guys? I think you uh, said that too. Like, do they other do they already rule out guys because right. of It shouldn't. It shouldn't what,
0: be the end all. It be all.
1: shouldn't be the end all be all. It should be find the best guy for the team and find the best guy to operate yep. the situation. Uh, like. Find the best guy to handle everything and make and let them make the decision in you know tandem with you. So I don't know, we'll we'll see. But to just answer what I am Scott is talking about, with you know we probably won't be able to interview Johnson early because Lions almost likely be in playoffs. I believe they changed the. There's rule, a window,
0: but, but like there's, there's a window. It's like a week I, to week thing. It's very bizarre. Like it, it does, it does restrict you. It does restrict. It, it, restric- it, it yeah. gives you like you got to jump through some hoops.
1: So for teams that play in the wildcard round, assistant coaches cannot be interviewed until after the first round ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the, the lions are going to be or in the playoffs. Lost. They pretty much already clinched. So you won't be able to interview Ben Johnson until after the wildcard round. And then after the wildcard round, you can't if, if they're currently employed by the Lions, it's say they go to the Super Bowl, you wouldn't be able to do an in-person interview until the conclusion of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You can only do phone and video interviews throughout the course of the playoffs. Um uh, so that would be kind of a wrench and everything. Right. Um, you know, it feels like I can't remember like how quickly Eber flew. was I feel like the bears took a longer time the last round. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. Um, but you know, you want to get your new guy in there and get things going with the right. whole process. And it's, it's, it's exciting. So the, the lines, yeah, if the Lions were to make the Super Bowl, it would really throw a wrench and everything, but hey, the Eagles made the Super Bowl last year, and both of their offensive and defensive coordinators were hired, and turned out to be actually both, and actually not that bad. So, yeah. you know, whatever. We'll see what happens with that. Back to this game, Bears-Vikings. Um, Again, like, the matchup favors the Bears in this game, like, kind of when you look at it. The Vikings have a terrible rush offense. Alexander Madison can't hold on to the football. <laughs> uh, Cam Makers is out for the season, one of the Killies, and Ty Chandler's been good for them, but... They haven't shown the ability to to run well on anybody and establish the run. And the Bears are a top three run defense in the NFL right now. Uh, top two, actually. And we know what the secondary has been able to do and sit back. And, and, and again, you mentioned it, three interceptions against Jared Goff. I really think they're going to force the Vikings to put this game in the hands of Josh Dobbs. And it's felt like, yeah, the game against the Falcons, like, They put the game in the hands of Josh Dobbs and he took over and won them the game. Like, he he was capable of doing that. He's done it. But, like, in most instances, if you put the game in the hands of Josh Dobbs, like, no disrespect to Josh Dobbs, but that's probably better for you from a matchup standpoint. It just just is. Like, Josh Dobbs is an incredible story and he's a good quarterback in the NFL, but he's not a guy that you're scared of if he has to take a game over. So, kind of put that pressure on them. I think what I was impressed by last week was a lot of the interceptions for the Bears came off of pressure, came off of blitzing pressure. Like, they were sending the dogs at Goff. He got scared. He got nervous. He had to throw the ball away, um, and it was intercepted. And I think I'd like to see more of that this week. Like, put Josh Dobbs in bad positions. He is mobile. He He's not Jared Goff. He's not a statue. He can break out of things. Uh, he, he's been rushing the ball actually pretty well with a couple of rushing touchdowns the past couple of weeks. But – you're still feeling good if you can put a little pressure on Josh Dobson, force him to make really tough throws against coverage cornerbacks on your side who are really good And Jalen Johnson and Tyreek Stevenson, who's grown sure. into his own as a rookie. So I think the matchup, at least we're talking about defense versus offense, the matchup favors the Chicago Bears heavily just because I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to sit back and establish the run like you're going to have to pass the football probably 40-plus times a game against a secondary that's been playing really well and a front four with Gervon Dexter, who really impressed last week, that's been able to get after the quarterback without having to blitz as well. So I just think this is a matchup that really favors the Bears.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with and and I agree that it's going to have to be in the hands of Josh Dobbs and the secondary is coming into its own. It's been you had three takeaways uh, at last week. Your linebackers playing better, your secondary is playing better. We know what Jalen Johnsons. We talked about that at length. Tyreek Stevenson is playing well. Kyler Gordon was tasked with Amon Ross St. Brown for most of that game. It's a tough assignment, but you know without Justin Jefferson, you know Jordan Addison is not Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> Basically, is what I'm getting at. So it, it's definitely. Uh, An edge to the Bears, I I think, given how their defense has been playing and that Josh Dobbs for as great as the story is and for as well as he's played, he's still a flawed quarterback who has bounced around. Don't get me wrong. Josh Dobbs has a place in the league. He is definitely an NFL quarterback, but he's not. He he has flaws. He has warts, uh, arguably the same ones that Jared Goff does. So it's an opportunity for sure. And that's why, honestly, my bold prediction, I think there's two takeaways for the Bears in this game. I think Montez Sweat gets a strip sack, and Let's I think go. that I'm going to run it back again. I think everybody's getting their interceptions. Tyreek Stevenson, the linebackers, you know who we're waiting on, and you brought up the Patriots game from last year. Jaquan Brisker interception. Ooh, okay, it's every, Everyone's starting to get theirs. We've been waiting <laughs> for him to kind of take that. He's played well this year, don't get me wrong, but I think that it's it's time. We we haven't had that moment that pop from Jaquan Brisker yet. So, I think Montez Sweat, you're your big contract guy, your big money guy. I think he has a takeaway, a strip sack, I think Jaquan Brisker gets an interception as well. Those are my bold uh predictions for this game. Can,
1: can we do you have the bold predictions from last week?
0: Uh can if we you give me do one that, second.
1: Really? Uh Yeah, because to- uh you. I think we both nailed some good bull predictions. I think, I think, I, I don't, even, I, I think we both had a, a good week of bull predictions, so we'll take a look at those. But I like that, yes, I do. I think we kind of been waiting on the Jaquan Brisker one, and it kind of feels like, like, I don't know, I guess we expected a breakout from Jaquan Brisker this year, right? yeah, like, 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 a, like an all pro season type guy, and he hasn't really been that. He's been hurt, right? He's been on and off the field, uh, sure. but he's such an impact player, you're kind of waiting for that explosive defensive play where. He's the one getting the highlight because other times he's just doing his job. He's making good tackles and he's had a couple mistakes this year. Don't get me wrong. And I see this, I see there's people kind of not out on Jaquan Brisker, but like, oh, we need to have the Jaquan Brisker conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think we need to have the Jaquan Brisker conversation. Like, he's been good. He's a part of a good defense right now. Like, we don't have to be
0: crazy. And he's still in his second year. Like,
1: he's still in his second year and has all the talent in the world to grow into. So
0: Yeah. Uh, your bold you predictions book, from last week were, mine were ass, um, but you were DJ Moore 100 yards and a touchdown, so you were close to going two for two there. I think at and the uh, Montez Sweat sack, first sack, so yeah, congratulations to you. Um, well, what about
1: the quarterback lines? What do we have with that?
0: So I was close on the, on the yards. Uh, I had 189 passing yards, one mm-hmm. touchdown, one interception. We both predicted an interception, uh, and we were both... I mean, you were closer on the rushing yards than I was. I said 71 rushing yards. You said 92. Uh, you said two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, uh, and you had 243 passing yards. So a couple, couple ones across the board that that we hit or were close on at least. Um, but, yeah, you're on fire with these bold predictions the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, let's go. I love it. Um, this week I'm going to go. I like your bold predictions. I really like your bold predictions on defense. Uh, I, I think I think that's actually going to happen, both of them. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to say really random. uh, I think Roshan Johnson scores a touchdown in this game. I was actually more impressed with Roshan Johnson last week than I was with Khalil Herbert. I really was. I mean, Roshan was, was running with integrity. He was running like Isaiah Pacheco out there, just, you know, uh, angry runs every single time he gets the football and something felt a little off about Khalil Herbert. Like I know he's coming off injury. injury. Yeah. But like, again, like, I, what was, I forget what he was dealing with. Was it a hamstring? i, I It was not. a lower
0: body injury, yeah.
1: It was a lower body injury, yeah. So, so injury. that'll be a little bit tougher to come back from. Um, But I like the way Roshan Johnson ran. And with Deonta Foreman probably not going to play in this game, I think he's been limited in practice. And I don't know uh, if he'll be ready for this one. They don't need to rush him back. And I think sure. – uh, I saw Darrington Evans tweet something as if he was like, he tweeted like a contract image. And I was like, what are you doing? Uh, so people think that they're going to sign him once they put uh, down to Foreman uh, on IR or something. I have no idea, but, or who knows? So Roshan Johnson, nonetheless, like this is your fourth round pick. He has yet to see an increase in production. Like we had thought, I think we both made the prediction. We're like Roshan Johnson, RB one by week 10. Yeah, like that did, is going have, to happen. On that. Uh, and, and that hasn't happened. And he's been dealing with injuries, right? He had the concussion that lingered, I believe. Right. Um, But he is the best. He's not the best running back in the room. Highest but he's upside. the most encouraging, highest upside, most encouraging. And at this point, again, fourth round pick clue Herbert, you don't owe him much. Deonta Foreman, you don't owe him much, and he's being hurt. Like, you have nothing to lose but to give Roshan Johnson the football, and especially in the red zone for as hard as he runs. Like, he is the perfect guy you need, and he kind of, in a lot of ways, like, does remind me of Dave Montgomery and can be your quote-unquote Dave Montgomery replacement if you think that's even a thing. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is so much better than him. Uh, No disrespect to Dave Montgomery, but it's just the way it is. That's why you don't pay running backs money, so you keep drafting him in the fourth round. So, yes, I want to see Roshan Johnson uh, a lot more, and I think they will. We will see him a lot more, and I think he gets in the end zone in this one. So, if you're a better, you can probably get that at plus, like, 350 right now because I think he's only got, like, one touchdown this year, and it was earlier in the season. So, jump all over Roshan Johnson rushing touchdown. That's where I'm going uh, for my offensive bowl prediction. For defense, I like yours. I like the Jaquan Briskin, Brisker interception. Um I'll just go for the fun of it to the other safety. I'll go to Eddie Jackson. It feels like he's been a little close too. Like I've yep. seen some balls Agreed. that move really close to his hands. Uh, and I know it's kind of like the Eddie Jackson default, or the the bull prediction default is Eddie Jackson interception. Like, that, you, like yeah. that, that's it was. For we a do long that so time. much. It was for a long time. <laughs> We're just like, oh, like he had so many in 2018. Like he's got to get it again. And and it does feel like he's kind of Uh I will say though. Does kind of feel like maybe he's on his way out next year. Cut a, a potential cap casualty. I, I, I don't know. I mean
0: I believe he just hasn't been out this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like he's not getting beat. He's not getting exposed, but he's not sure. a difference maker right now. So if they feel like is is his contract up this year? I don't know I think there's a way
0: out of it this year. I think you have one there's more year, but out. yeah, I think there's a potential out. Um no, I agree. The Eddie Jackson defaults were there for a long time.
1: Um, there is no potential out this year. Oh, you're hopefully. stuck? His contract goes to 2024. Um, so I think you're stuck. But you could cut him and save... Uh, I don't know. You could restructure for $1.5 So maybe they'll restructure or something.
0: Yeah, could do that. Um, I like that, though. I, I, almost, I almost said Eddie Jackson as well, so... I was, yeah, <laughs> the it's, it's the default. Yeah. I, I was very close to them, but I went the other way. Um, all right. I think we might actually be uh synced on this game for once, uh, which is insane to say. But um as of right now, Bears at Vikings. Vikings are three and a half point favorites. And uh, you know what? I'm like, I think the Bears win. I think the Bears win this game. Uh I think they win 28 to 17.
1: Twenty-eight seventeen, yeah, an eleven-point win. I'm, 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 I'm with you. Um, yeah, I'm going thirty-one twenty. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just a weird feeling. The fact that we both have this gut feeling means they're either going to win by a
0: lot or get bl- or, just or just get, get smoked. Upset. Either way, like,
1: yeah. There's, there is zero in between in this game. Yeah, um, that's I, probably right. Like, and I, I, but if I had to guess, obviously, as I'm predicting it, I think it's more likely to be that they just, you know, not blow them out, but win by a, a decent margin. margin. Like we yeah. know that this is not, I know there's gonna be people who listen to this still and are like, even if, even if you know, Jay Kassan's resume of picking the Bears, <laughs> there's still gonna be people who listen to this and see the title of the podcast and think, Oh my God, you guys are so biased. And that's a Homer pick, but it's really not. Like if you watch this team the past couple weeks and throughout the season and really just the past couple weeks, you've seen a team that we know has talent on paper. It's not, it's undeniable that they have talent across the board and you have to give credit to that town for finally showing up and making, you know, their money's worth. So, to predict them to win 31 to 20 with Justin Fields back against the Patriots and against Josh Dobbs and a team that's extremely beatable is not an outrageous pick at all. It's actually quite valid. So, I don't know, uh, uh maybe we'll go alternate spread plus 10 and a half cuz I think we both have them winning by 11 point margins. So, alternate spread plus 10 and a half, you can probably get all over that, a ton of money. On um, that side, if you're a betting uh, man or woman, so we're going with that. I'm going with the Bears to win. You're going with the Bears to win. What I could possibly so. go wrong? What could, What could possibly go wrong?
0: And also, if you want to, uh, I, I did look this up too. We were talking about you know the draft scenario that ideally works out, even if you do win. A money line parlay of the Tennessee Titans, New York Giants, and Chicago Bears is about eight to one. If you want to get real frisky, so I love that. I love that. <laughs> And if you want to do the Titans by margin against the Panthers, it's ten. It's almost eleven to one. So
1: oh no, you'd have a name for that parlay, like like yeah, you get, yeah that, the, that, that's the, yeah,
0: that's like good. the 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 Chicago Bears money line draft bonus Parlayers.
1: You got you gotta tweet that out. That's really good. I love that.
0: But, uh, all right, we're both on the Bears to win for once. Uh, That should definitely go fine, and there's no way that that goes wrong. So, join. oh, no, I'm gone. Shit. Um, Yeah, I'm going on vacation uh, as mine and Kevin's friends are getting engaged, and it's a destination engagement, but whatever. Um, I digress. So I'm going to be gone. Uh, I will see everybody on December 6th, um, but Kevin's going to hold it down until then, and I have full faith in him, but... Man, we're both on my way out for a couple of shows. We're both predicting the Bears to win. I might change my prediction. Oh, that's no, tough. this is not uh, good. Yeah, that's not uh, great. But uh, Kevin will have you covered next week with a slew of characters. I will be gone. See you all on December sixth. So for myself, for Kevin, and from me for a while, this has been Chicago. This has been Bears Nation podcast. As always, bear down. Bear
1: down.